It's time for another episode of the Cultural Hall. It's articles of news for the week of the uh, July July 4th. No, that was last. 10th or 11th. 10th, yeah. Today's Uh, the 12th because uh, this week is 7-Eleven where you get a free Slurpee at 7-Eleven. Now, you don't eat the sugar. You don't eat the sugar. I sometimes eat sugar, but I didn't get a free Slurpee. Did you kid? No. Did you shame him while he drank it? No, he didn't get one. You know, you're not going to be able to (laughs) climb the mountain on that mountain bike of yours, kid. You keep eating Slurpees like this. But they're free Slurpees. So it doesn't count, and they're only so the size. Did you get of it and then just throw it on the ground? They're the size of a sacrament yeah. cup. It doesn't matter. It won't hurt you. They're a little bit bigger. They're eleven ounces for the free one. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. The sacrament cup's like half an ounce. Oh. Or, it's been a while since I got the free Slurpee. Or a sacrament. Oh, yeah. I went there. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> That's what they should do at sacrament: is have a slushy in it. <laughs> Come on. It's already interesting enough the way that they have, like, you know, the gluten-free wafers, and now there's, you know, you got the hydrogen-packed water. There's a separate water tray. Have you seen that? No. No, it's not real. I was lying. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Filtered water for those who choose. Yeah. Um, is this tap water? I don't know that I can. You know that that's coming. You know I that's hope coming. I hope not. It will. Everything goes that way. How are you? What's new? What's new? What's exciting? Yeah. Uh, When did we record our... Where did you record articles of news last? Did you do it on the week of July 4th? Yeah, we did. I missed you? Yeah. Oh. I don't remember where where I was or where we were. I think it was uh, Lindsay Throw Your Hands Up in the Air. Oh, okay. Yeah. I missed it. Yeah. It was not around then. But uh, for the... So for the 4th of July... Yes. uh, I, for the first time, wrote... So every year I ride up on the 4th of July. I have a friend of mine that... That a few years ago started riding up Farmington Canyon in Farmington, Utah, to okay. Francis Peak in Morgan, Utah. Is that a big deal? It's uh, it's about 13 and a half miles up and 50, 115 feet elevation. Wait, how much gain? Uh, 5,115 5, feet. Okay, so about a mile. Yeah. So about per- a mile gained. So pretty good climb. Over 13 miles, or is that round trip? 13 miles up. Okay. And then okay. it's all downhill on the yeah, way home. sure. Right. Okay. Coasting. So one mile up over 13. Mm-hmm. That's not bad. That's pretty steep. And it's a it's a jaunt. Mm-hmm. And so uh, I and so he started doing this, and then their friends invited two friends, mm-hmm. and their friends invited two and friends. They tell two people. Uh-huh. So how many people is it that's ruining the mountainside up to Morgan Peak? Uh, about 60. Okay. This last time. So it's sort of like a little cult activity at this uh-huh. point, right? Yeah. You have to wear a certain a certain uniform, a certain pair of Converse, and then a cloak that you'll <laughs> kill yourself and then be at the top, right? There there is a gal that dresses like the Statue of Liberty. Really? And rides. Yes. Why? In a foam statue. I don't Why? know. Why? I don't know. Like the last three years. She's like, it's my leftover costume from Liberty Tax. Uh-huh. I'm going to go ahead. Right. <laughs> that's a tax company. I don't know if that's a national thing, but there's a tax company where they make the you know 15-year-old son of the owner of the particular branch stand out on the corner in a sad Statue of Liberty costume. <laughs> or the local meth addict that yeah, needs yeah, a couple yeah. bucks. But just needs some money. Yeah. Just promoting so, commerce. He's not going to steal stuff. He just needs to work. Yeah. He's able to spin that sign like you wouldn't believe because he's got so much energy. <laughs> <laughs> or he thinks he's spinning it, but it's yeah. long gone. Yeah, no. He doesn't even have the sign. <laughs> so 60 people, that's pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, so a few months ago, like in the spring, my son said, I'm going to do that 5,000 feet of freedom ride. Yeah? With you. That's what it's called? Yeah. He, he oh. does it. And on Facebook, he has a thing. It's like um, the a super muscly guy with a, you know, eagle on his shoulder and flags, you know, like Ridiculous. over the top funny. Yeah. yeah. 
Uh, so my son said, I wanna, I'm want i going to go do that. And I'm like, yeah, all right, whatever. Uh-huh. That's cute. And then coming up to it, he kept you know, working on it, riding more. And so, uh, yeah, I'm thinking, yeah, you can actually do this. Yeah. Um, so we get to about a week and a half before, and I have some minor surgery on my head. Yeah, that, big old like, divot or something. Is it cancer? What they take out of your head? We, we won't talk about it, but it Wait. left more stitches than I had. Wait, and, what, really? No, you don't want to talk about I it? I don't want to talk about it. Okay. Are yep. you okay? Yeah, I'll be okay. Okay. So, yeah, and I go in again. If it's skin and, cancer. Yeah. 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 So I go on Friday to do it again this yeah. Friday. But anyway. They don't mess around, by the way. No. Like, like let's let's take a jaunt uh, down that real quick, since I like the cultural hall to be something that's helping all people. Uh, I mean, we talk about Mormon stuff, but I feel like there's a lesson for everyone. Get your skin checked. Y- yeah. You know, go to the dermatologist. If you are a pale-skinned person like myself or like Brother Kyle, go more often. Uh, you'll have to get naked so they can see all your skin. But guess what? Worth it. Yeah. Because you know what's not worth it? Dying for something that you could easily have taken care of. Or you know it's a pain in the neck because when they say, this is suspicious, come back in three months, we're going to double check it, and you forget, and then you come back a year later, and they go, yeah, this is pretty big, yeah. and now you need to take this and do this, and now we're going to cut into your head, and you think it's going to be minor, but then you realize, oh, no, I have 18 stitches in my head. And, yeah. yeah, and because they have to get, that's the thing with skin cancer. Like, if you don't, so I had one, I won't show you by taking my shoe off, but I had a mole on my foot that would started to grow a little bit, right? I'd noticed it. I go in every six months. They said, hey, this is different than the last time you were here. We're going to go ahead and take that out, right? It was only maybe the size of the top of an eraser on a pencil. And I thought, you know what? Do it. Because I've got a scar here on the back of my tricep that I should have had checked, that I should have had removed. You have them in weird spots. I know. It's bizarre. Uh, But the one on, on the side of my tricep, three inches long, like 20 stitches. It itched and I couldn't yeah. I couldn't work that arm out for like a month and a half because it would have torn the stitches out. And they had to take, they have to take not only the thing, but all of the stuff around the thing so that any cancer tendrils or whatever. And down some. Yeah. And in. And in. And then sometimes they, uh, it's in your scalp, like your bone. And so they scrape it with the thingy to get it off of there. And you hear it going and it. <laughs> I mean, that wasn't your experience, I'm sure. But, oh my gosh. You bet it was. Oh my gosh. Let's scrape the well, bone. I'm glad, I'm glad you got it checked out. Don't wait next time. I know that was. And your, where, your where bu- your sunscreen, your everybody? Buddy, uh, your buddy Lance Armstrong, right? You don't want to lo- lose something like he did. Yeah. What was he doing with that out in the sun? <laughs> Not enough sunscreen down there. Yay! Cancer trivia. <laughs> <laughs> so your kid, he's ready. He's going to do it. Big muscle yep. guy, eagle on the shoulder. He's saying, "Dad, I'm ready. Let's do it." You had yep. stitches. I want to go do it with all these guys are doing it. That seems pretty cool. Yeah. So, uh, I, so I have the stitches on my head now. I'm approaching it, and I'm not feeling good. Yeah. And I'm thinking, well, crap. I'll still be able to muster it up with him and get up there. Right, because um, for you, this is, I mean, not a cakewalk, but it's not, I mean, you've yeah, it's, way it's, tougher. Yeah, it's not easy, no right. matter what. Uh, and so that, and he'd crash on his bike about a week before, but we got him healed up and, you know, he's, he says, I, I'm all right. I can do it. You know, the things are healed night before he goes out on a mountain bike ride for some reason and crashes again and really rips himself apart and hurts his bike. Uh-huh. So now I'm like, all right, we are not meant to do this. Right. So he brings his, his bike in. We, I work until 1230 cursing and throwing things to Why fix his bike. Why did you do this, son? <laughs> <laughs> not at him, at the mechanics oh. of the bicycle. Okay. 
Um, and Graphite. So at 12.30, I finish up, and we have to get up at 5 to go do this. Yeah. Because we want to leave a few minutes early because, you know, he's 16. Everybody else is like a professional mountain biker. Right, like, right. We'll meet you guys on the trail. Jerk, we'll get there. We'll get to the destination. Jerk that doesn't care about us. Yeah. So we so we head out, and uh, and it takes a little while. It takes me a little longer than normal, but we get up to the top. Oh, my gosh. And, and your kid did it? It was almost a little emotional thing. Really? Yeah. Had some friends up there, and they're, you know, clapping, and they're all excited that he makes it to the top. Did you cry? Maybe. Did you? Maybe. Cry or just get weepy in the eyes? A little weepy in the eyes. Oh, yeah. Because it was a moment. My, yeah. my kid is 16. Right. I didn't do this thing until I was 30-something. Sure, but that's not what it's about. That's not why you got weepy, that he did yeah. it so much sooner than you. That's not why. Well, that's that's part of it. And it, and it was just this fathersome thing that, yeah. you know, I, I don't expect him to do great things. I expect him to be lazy like me when he's 16. Right. And a horrible kid. Right. And he's not. He but is no, better he, than you. He gets great grades and he climbs the top of mountains and, and tries. There's a bit, and there's a little bit of pride. There is, yeah. Yeah. And it's cool. You, I, you guys can't see it, but Brother Kyle is actually smiling, which he never does. <laughs> and he actually looks like he's happy, which he never is. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's an odd thing about parenting. That is the dumbest story. No offense. Right? Yeah. Like you yeah, we rode a bike. Yeah, we rode a bike to the top and I got weepy, right? You just, for the nuts and bolts of that story, that's a dumb story. But you put mm-hmm. it in the confines of like this father, son, he's at an age, you are who you are. And it's really inspirational. Yeah, because cool. I I just look back at me being 16 and I remember me and what a terrible person I was. I've improved, if you can believe that. What, what, from, from then to now? Imagine how bad I was Ugh. if I, if I'm better now than I was when I was 16. Boy, that's a thing. And in fact, I actually thought back for a couple of days after that at me when I was 16 and the type of person that I was. I was. I, I feel that's my one regret in life is how terrible I was when well, I was a teenager. That's why your dad won't talk to you. Yeah. Or my mom. <laughs> that's why your family hates you. Yeah. That's why, that's why they wouldn't let you live with them when you needed a place, when you were down and out. None of my siblings invited me to their weddings and two of the funerals I wasn't invited to. <laughs> that's not I'm true. Just kidding. Sort of true. Well, I mean, we, the weddings. I got the obligatory <laughs> invitation. I didn't get the thing that everybody else got. Uh, anything else new? Anything else exciting? No, uh, no, I'll go in tomorrow and have round two. Is this on your leg, you said? No, it's on my head. Oh, on your head? So I'm wearing, a, if you haven't noticed, I'm wearing a hat today. Yeah. I never wear hats inside. I'll wear it maybe when I'm going for a run or out working in the yard or something. Sure. Because my grandfather said, never trust a man that wears a hat inside because he's hiding something. Interesting. Uh, he also said that about facial hair. You know, don't cultivate around your lips what you grow on your crotch. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> what he said. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so. Yay. So, so hats. That's hats inside awesome. I don't believe in. Yeah. Why would you wear a hat inside? I always do because I don't comb my hair. Because you're hiding something. Yeah, because I'm hiding bad hair. No, yeah. that's 100% true. I'm hiding the fact that I didn't shower and take care of myself the night before. Yeah. Yep. And, and I'm hiding. So, and I, I haven't been to church in a couple weeks. Mm-hmm. Won't go again for the next couple weeks. Because of races and stuff? No, because I'll have more hat time that I'll need after you my get, surgery tomorrow. Get yourself a fedora. You can wear a fedora at a Mormon church. A man? A bowler? Yeah. Can a man wear a you fedora? You bet. You mm. bet. Done it, pal. I did it on my religiously affiliated vacation. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. It was great. I used to, I had this 
old fedora that I got from my dead grandfather. Wore it on my mish. It was great. Good looking. I mean, not everyone loved it. And there were several people who were like, you shouldn't wear that hat. But I was like, you know what? Women get to wear hats, so don't make this a sex issue. I am wearing a hat to church. So I did. Well, I'd just rather skip church than wear a hat and (laughs) cause any issues. That's what it is. Listen, I don't want to cause any problems. I'll just not go. Okay? I'll just not be. So I feel feel bad. I missed that. And I know I'll miss it coming up. And and the next one will be hard to wear a hat because it's right on the front of my forehead. Uh, And it's right where the hat line goes. I'm pointing to my hat line uh right here. uh And I don't look good in hats anyway. They don't fit my head. Uh-huh. So it's a it's been a tough July. Yeah, I'm not liking the hats. Well, here's what you got to do too. You got to get yourself a nice wide brim cap that you can put like around your bike helmet or something because you can't keep doing this. You can't continue to be cancer guy. Um, I'll just wear more sunscreen and yeah. and visit the dermatologist more. Yeah. Okay. And, not and let you got to buy the point. sunscreen that they tell you. Yeah. The specific stuff. Yep. That She's feels feels like a like a miso paste that you're putting on That's your. That's the one. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah, gosh. The, the paste kind of like it. There's a vegan one. Yep. I've got it. Yep. All right. We'll take care of Will you uh, do me this? And I'm and I'm not going to remind you, so I'm going to actually need you to remember. I want a gruesome picture from uh, you getting worked on tomorrow. Have the nurse. They'll do it if you ask. Okay. Them. Hand them your cell phone. Get, yeah. a, get a gruesome picture of you being worked on tomorrow. We'll share it on our Instagram. Okay. At the cultural hall. Yeah. I'll but you it. have to remember. I'm not going to remember. Okay. So if this doesn't happen, Hopefully it's on Hopefully I'll remember. Cat. Yeah. Uh, I want to share this. I thought this was interesting. Uh, and I want to give people sort of a programming note. Uh, I love that story. In the future, as people uh, come in and we do these kind of opening exercises to articles of news, if people don't have a thing that's going on, we're going to go right past it. And I'm going to try and start to bring up some more kind of topic-driven things here in opening exercises, like this. Like So for me, like I went to, uh, I went to Helena over the 4th of July. I got a couple days out. I'll just tell you this real quick. I went to Glacier. National Park, which go to sometime in your life, it's gorgeous. It's not crowded like Zion is. People don't think about it. It's not warm, so make sure you dress appropriately. There's a reason why it's called Glacier National Park, but it is unreal how gorgeous it is. Like mountain lakes, huge, great hikes that are simple. Uh, it's it's like being, I, I don't know, on a different uh, continent, a different, uh, mm. it's like, n- unlike, even though it's in the mountains of Montana, it is not like Utah. How so far would drive from Salt Lake City? It's 10. 10, 10 from Salt Lake. Yes, 10 hours? Know. Yeah. Holy crap. But like Helena's like 7, and then you you stay in Helena, and then you go up and, and you do a camping night up in Glacier. But with that, got to see my uncle, who, uh, sort of an interesting situation. I know he has sometimes listened to the cultural hall. Uh, my uncle, stalwart, going to church every Sunday. He teaches gospel principles, member of the church, aunt doesn't go to the church anymore, right? She finds herself sort of in that Mormon stories sort of group, right? And I don't know all the concerns that she has or or all of the reasons why she no longer attends, but they're able to make it work. They've been married for like 130 years, so they're not So she used else. to be. But so she active. used to be Mormon. Yeah, like like uh, TBM, True Blue. Um, and I think that she would still consider herself Mormon, but I don't know that uh, we, I didn't talk religion. I didn't engage religion, uh, except that I went to 
church and saw my uncle speak. It, I am worried about our generation, that being 50 and younger, uh, about the communication and the links to family um, that this generation and those generations younger than us have. Like, do you still have family reunions like you had when you were growing up? The big hundred person family reunions where yeah. it's cousins and all that stuff. Do we you don't. That? We don't anymore. Yeah. And we used to do that too. And there hasn't been anyone that's taken up that uh, mantle in my family for the next generation. It doesn't happen. Yeah. We still have these occasional things like we help my grandma clean up her her uh, like spare lot next door to hers. But like 10 of the what could be 90 people attend that anymore. People don't care. People don't organize it. It doesn't happen. So it's just this odd, uh, you know, sort of separation from family and from familial links. Got to see my uncle. My uncle is so much like my grandfather who I loved. It was unreal watching him in the way that he spoke, in the way that he joked. I loved it. And you know what? You know how much time I'd spent talking to my uncle before I went and saw him in Montana? About an hour in 38 years of living. Hmm. And I spent more time with him this last weekend than I ever had before. And it was great. And I loved it. And it wasn't weird. And it wasn't awkward. And it wasn't anything. It was just great. And he showed me parts of Helena. And we just, it was great. I loved every bit of it. And I don't think this generation is doing it anymore. And I know I'm sounding like back in my day kind of stuff. But I think it's important. And I think that we're going to see um, negative results from the fact that that doesn't occur. That wasn't the subject I wanted to bring up. A friend of mine uh, on Facebook, I'm in church on Sunday and I'm reading this and I thought this was an interesting post. So this is the thing that I wanted to bring up. He says, so I haven't been to church in like six years, but I do not badmouth the LDS religion out of respect. He says, it was a big part of my life. However, I just received a text from my ex-wife's new husband. So he was married as well. Oh, great. (laughs) You always look forward to those. And he gets a text from the new husband of his ex-wife. Says one of the things that he says is, and this is a quote from the new husband of the ex-wife. Quote: I have been praying and fasting about having, and we'll call her Anne for the sake of this. That's not her real name. Her real name is Mary Anne. It's uh, not Anne. Of having Anne sealed to us. So the new dad mm-hmm. with the ex-wife wants the daughter of this guy uh-huh. and his ex-wife sealed to him. Yeah. Is that making sense? Mm-hmm. You follow me here. He says this is something that I believe needs to be done. So then my friend goes on. And says, um, excuse me, how about no? How about this is one of the things that drove me away from the church, that God answers people to do cruel things. Is it really acceptable for another man to come in and say that? Because you know what he's saying. He's saying, you know what, you don't go to church anymore. I want to be sealed to your daughter because you're not doing it. So you might as well let me do it. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Um, he says, what I've come to realize is that after you fast and pray is that you're going to answer your questions you have in the way that you want them to be answered. I have a feeling that God didn't say, yeah, hey, this is perfectly fine to take that child away from her dad and make her yours. My ex can talk all that she wants. She can play the victim, goes into all that stuff. Uh, he says, uh, he says, I've never even met this guy. Some dude that I haven't even met comes in and says this to me. He says, yeah, we're going to have some problems. He feels like it had to be done. I feel like, uh, and then he goes into some of the situation as to why, you know, he's not as much in his daughter's life. She moved away with the daughter. Um, He says, have the balls to call me, buddy. My answer is no, but don't you dare try and take that from me. I am the best father that I can be in the current situation that I'm in. 
right? So then he, t- you know, so he obviously texts him back and says, "No, no, that's that's not going to fly, pal. I appreciate it. I appreciate what you're doing." And then this guy texts back again. Mm-hmm. I would never do this ever. And the, I'll, we, I want to talk about that a little bit. Then uh, the guy, the new husband, texts back and says, "Well then, man, I call on you as a man. Get your butt back to church. Get your butt back to the temple. Grab onto the uh, and hold on to the iron rod because unless you are in church, unless you are actively going to the temple, then she is not sealed to you. You must go to the highest kingdom and have her sealed to you. I do respect you, <laughs> and Anne is an awesome daughter. Now live up to it. So here's what I want to talk about." <laughs> Douchebags in the church? Uh, I, ju- I Well, so here's the thing, right? And my girlfriend will accuse me of this, and she's right. I will instantly try and defend the person, right? And she'll say this to me in a loving way, but no matter what, I always will try and go, what would cause the person to say that and sort of defend it, right? I have my thoughts on why. Uh, I would love to hear your thoughts on why. Uh, to, to make... F- to uh, put on a better exterior, maybe. Okay. To say that I'm sealed, you know, just tell everybody, hey, look at me. I look how good I am. So I so, am sealed to this young woman. N- not even my biological daughter, but look at me, everybody. Okay. So I am you, sealed to her. So you, yeah. So so your presumption then is that he wants to put on airs and and be this person that can be visibly seen. Yes. Uh, it, so I, that's not where my mind went. Uh, my mind went to this guy who um who who doesn't know the whole situation between his now wife and and her ex-husband, you know, this guy who's a friend of mine, um, and, and he's heard her side of it, certainly, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I can bet that they're divorced, since they're divorced, he's not heard any of the positive things about this guy, but has only heard the, this was the guy who I was married to, I'm so glad I'm married to you and not this guy anymore, sort yeah. of version. Oh, yeah. Um, and, but, but not even that. Uh, two things that I want to make sure that I get to. The first is, I think that he genuinely, genuinely, wholeheartedly, fully believes that what he did was the right thing. That he that he is looking at this girl and thinks, man, she is not going to be sealed to a to a father if this guy is no longer, you know, doing the church thing. And I and I think that he is going, you know what? I I I have got to do this right. And I think he's blinded. <laughs> I think he's terribly blinded for whatever reason about that. Whether it's it's this sort of because because to me I think it's so it's so pretentious and and so like um, not socially blind but like so inappropriate yeah. to send something like that that I right. think it has to be some sort of some sort of zealousness. That he, he would have to be compelled to do something like that. Because mm-hmm. that, to me, is the only explanation. He sees this girl whom he loves because he's able to be a, a father figure in his life or in her life. And uh, and is just going, you know what? I've got to do something for her. Wholeheartedly just wants to do it. And I think that he is is ill-informed, at least on that aspect of how, uh, of how the gospel works and how God works. And I know people will come back at me and say, well, Richie. As a matter of fact, if that guy is sealed to his daughter, but he's not living up to his covenants, well, then there will be some issue to play. Okay, let God deal with that. All right, let, let God sort that one out. Okay, mm-hmm. don't text the guy who is the ex-husband of your wife and and, and inappropriate, inappropriate. Uh, I yeah, I can't even f- formulate the right words with it, but just like this 
blind inappropriateness that I think members of the church, we do that stuff because we, yeah. because you, we boil it down to, again, people who will email me and go, you know, as a matter of fact, though, Richie, he won't be sealed to his daughter. That's what the doctrine is. Here's the rules. The one doctor. plus one is two. Yeah, exactly. And I, and I think that we, not particularly this situation very often, but I think this type of thing occurs far too much. And I think if we can just pause for a second and go, yeah, yeah okay. Well, well here, here's well, something. How will this be? How will did, this be received? Did And, and this is a small part of this, but who moved away? She did. Mo- mom, mom, and, okay. mo- mom moved daughter away. First of all new daddy, pretend daddy, you don't move your kid away from their dad. Right. So there's obviously some sort of issue there. Another thought that I had as I kind of wrap myself around the situation, again, trying to figure it out, you know, it's none of my business. Let's start there, though. This is 100% none of my business, but it surrounded itself in Mormon culture, so I immediately yeah. get interested. Uh, yeah. The other part is, why don't you then move where your daughter has moved away to, is another thought that I have. I mean, mom, don't move your daughter away. But dad, you, you go where your daughter is. Mm-hmm. There's there's obviously something I don't know uh, within that. But I, I like I just I, I feel like the best of intentions, really, probably the best of intentions. And you know, on on my buddy's uh, Facebook page, it's a bunch of people that are like, I can't believe that that church is terrible. Blah, 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 right? I think it genuinely is the best of intentions from this guy. But it is so blindedly wrong just offensively incorrect offensive is a good word it offensive. is offensive and the fact that it was a text message right like for some reason in my messed up mind if if the bro calls up this guy and is like hey bro let's talk bro. about your daughter cuz i want to be sealed to her in some for some reason in my mind that conversation is better to me than cold hearted text thinking about being sealed to your daughter or go back to church bro live up to the things that you said you'd do. There are some things you shouldn't text in. A breakup yeah. is one, yeah. and call, and asking if you can be sealed to somebody's daughter. Yeah. All right, That's well, let's one. start the list, because I know, feel text. like... Unreal. It, you know, it's along the same, because I've seen this quite a bit, uh, and personally, too, mm-hmm. um, although I don't think it's severe when it comes to an, uh, a new spouse asking th- their ex, you know, hey, I'm gonna, I'm going to be sealed to somebody else. Mm-hmm. I want a temple divorce. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of along that lines. Okay. Um, again, where you shouldn't text it. Yeah. Well, yeah. Although it is, you shouldn't text it. But like, uh, were you married in the temple? Can we talk about this? I was. Yeah. Uh, and are you guys? I was. Guys... I was sealed in the temple. Okay. After our marriage. Right. So you got married civilly and mm-hmm. then sealed in the temple. Are you guys still sealed together? Yes. And if she came to you and said, "Hey, I'd like to be sealed." to someone else great yeah right even if it's a text right <laughs> smiley face emoji yeah but but what you're saying is that i think in in those circumstances it's first of all the spouse the person who you at least know you're the ex-spouse you know what i'm saying like yeah. you wouldn't you wouldn't appreciate the text message from whoever your ex-wife is going to be marrying you would expect her to deal with you because you know her yeah him the other parent yeah the other of the child. parent of the child not the stranger. Yeah, and and you know, you joke around, but I think that you'd be like, "What? You're going to text this to me? Call me. Let's talk about it." Because even though I've talked to several people who um who even though, right, like that that uh marriage on earth is is done, there is a pause and an introspection 
and a little bit of mourning that occurs when the temple seal is broken, even if they haven't been married to that person in a long time. I know watching my parents, they got uh, divorced and it was a couple of years. And, uh, you know, um, my dad was to be remarried and there was some discussion of a temple divorce. And I know my mom, who had left the church, still had some reflection, some introspection about being like, huh, so what does this what does this mean? Well, I don't believe it. Or do I? Or what is this? What, what weight does this carry? And it's not something to be prompted by a text message. So I shouldn't. Okay, I'll have to keep that in mind. Yeah. So, so I've been divorced eight plus years. Mm-hmm. And my ex is not has nothing to do with the church. Mm-hmm. Doesn't want anything to do with it. Mm-hmm. I'm still, and it's more of her personality mm-hmm. and hatred towards me and vile uh, personality and a horrible, wicked person. No, I'm just <laughs> kidding. <laughs> but but it is her personality and, and her feelings towards me that I'm afraid to ask. Well, I don't think you could unless you had a, a reason to. I don't think you could just be like, hey, I'd like to temple divorce this. Yeah. Well, maybe and someday like, I'll have like, a reason to. Yeah. Why do you assume that I won't have a reason to get a temple divorce it? Look at your head. Look at your head hole, pal. <laughs> Do you see your head hole right now? <laughs> hey, babe, you want to hit your celestial wagon to old Kyle the head hole? Uh, to old Farmer Tan Brown? Yeah, Farmer Tan Brown. Mm, oh, yeah, baby. Look, yeah, at, look that. at that. That's oh, a that, that is Neapolitan awesome. tan. Yeah. Three levels of color <laughs> on my arm. If that'll show up in a picture, I want that. I want that, too. Your Neapolitan tan line from white to sort of, it really is sort of a strawberry color, and then you got your... Yeah. Your chocolate, and you've and now you've made me think about this because uh, I have been, and I, I keep it quiet because I don't want to jinx it or, or freak anybody out. But mm-hmm. I, I I see somebody, uh-huh. I have somebody that I date, right? I've been dating one person, and. She was married in the temple. Her ex has been remarried, mm-hmm. uh, engaged several times. Yeah. And now I'm finally married <laughs> with nine children. Caddy. And <laughs> you are so catty. And he wanted a, a, a temple divorce. She's uh-huh. like, yeah, yeah, all right. So Because what's I guess what's the point, right? Yeah, exactly. Like God will figure out, God will put your guys' mansions together so you can still be with your kids. Yeah. Right? Because there, there might not be police in heaven to take you away after you beat right. me. Right. So I need... <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Sorry. So, is this a little no, insight? You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. tr- trust God a little bit. Or, right. or like, you know, your kid, your son, your mountain biking, you know, son of yours. God's not going to take him away from me or his mom. Yeah. And he's going to find someone who he's going to want to be with a whole lot more than the two of you. Uh huh. So yeah. Trust that. And trust that God will figure it out. And don't get caught up in petty junk. Yeah. You just call the everlasting covenant petty junk. <laughs> <laughs> I certainly didn't know what that he way, meant. You know what I meant. The, the, the pettiness of things that we yeah. just don't get. Uh, so you're getting married? Is that where you were leading? <laughs> no, 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 I am not getting married. Okay. All right. But, but I think about that in the future if. If I do get married, what, you know, and I want to be sealed in the temple, because I do, and what will, and maybe I shouldn't worry about it. Maybe mm-hmm. I shouldn't worry about asking, you know, because for the woman then to, to be able to be sealed to somebody else is more difficult than the sure. man. We won't get into that thing. Sure. No, that's a topic for a different time. <laughs> yeah. Uh, uh, you know what? Do Don't it. get divorced. I tell everybody, if you're married, if you find out that your spouse has been murdering people and burying them in the basement and using them to feed old people to stretch their skin so they can make a human coat out of it. Oh my gosh. Try and work it out. <laughs> Stupid. It will be All right, easier. Let's take a break. All right. I've got a bunch of emails I need to read when we come back. Plus, we'll do actual articles of news coming up in the second block of the Cultural Hall. 
Imagine running a small business today. It's challenging. Imaging and internet presence is an absolute must. Even with that, you're still a small star in a bright cyber universe. Now, imagine you have someone who understands how to get your site designed for your talents and then easily searched by potential clients. Imagine Lennon Design. Whether it's strictly a website or a whole package of logo creation, advertising media, and promotional materials, Lennon Design is your partner in business. They'll test the boundaries of their imagination to create something unique for you. When you need creative, affordable design, let it be Lennon Design. Call 801-699-3022 or visit LennonDesign.com. Hi, friends. Dan the Laptop Man here from PC Laptops. I get a lot of emails from people all the time. Here's one. Dear Dan, I hear your talk about a lifetime service guarantee. Free? Really? Please help me avoid all your fine print and be honest about what free means. You understand that we should be very wary of a free offer signed skeptical high skeptical I remember 22 years ago when we started PC laptops and our lifetime service guarantee people thought it was too good to be true well you know after a decade people started believing me a little bit but you know it's been 22 years of having the privilege to serve our friends and neighbors like you our lifetime service guarantee has become the most trusted warranty in the industry you can get a brand new PC Laptops desktop computer for $7.99 with a lifetime warranty. Check us out at PCLaptops.com. That's PCLaptops.com. Here's to seeing you soon, skeptical. Hey, you guys, I want to talk to you about BestDJinUtah.com. Why, that's the company that I have started for doing my DJing weddings and live events. Uh, whatever you need, I am your guy to do it. So whether you're a lifer or a convert to this podcast show, or you just happen to be listening for the first time, if you are in need of a wedding DJ or an MC for your event, or just a DJ for your business opening, uh, go to bestdjinutah.com. Now, I know it says Utah, but guess what? If you want me to come to your event and you're not in Utah, I'll do that too. You're going to have to pay for me to be there, but I'm more than willing to do that as well. It's bestdjinutah.com. Emails there, phone numbers there. Would love to hear from you and then help you make your event that much better. Look forward to hearing from you, and thank you for supporting the Cultural Hall podcast. But it's a show. You knew that. The Cultural Hall wants you to help Utah Food Bank fight hunger statewide. Through your donations of food, time, or money, Utah Food Bank is able to distribute over 31 million meals annually to Utahns facing hunger. Even a $1 donation can be turned into $7.35 of goods and services. One in five children in Utah could go to bed hungry tonight, and 423,000 Utahns are unsure where their next meal will come from. By donating food at your local pantry or by visiting utahfoodbank.org, you can make a difference. It's time for the second block, the second half of the cultural hall. It's articles of news. I bet you wish church was only two blocks. Oh, my gosh. We did it on some other things. Let's get some inspiration. Uh, hit it, Peter. You can't lose articles of news. All right, so I have a ton of emails. Um, Ricardo, he emailed us, contacted the Cultural Hall. And, and, you know, sometimes I say you can email us about things about each episode, stuff like that. Ricardo just wanted to know what our RSS feed so he could load us into his podcast. You can email us for stuff like that, too. I already replied to Ricardo, but I just want you to know, it can literally be whatever you want, whatever question you've got. 
we're willing to help you out. Uh, there's a uh, word from Nancy for you, Brother Kyle. We'll get to that in a second. Um, let's see. I've, seriously, I've got like seven emails. Keep the emails coming. Contact at theculturalhall.com. Sue Griffiths. Uh, I shared a uh, picture that she shared with us. It's the Preston, England Temple. Oh, there was I saw a grass fire kind of in the background. Yeah. She just sent the picture. She said, this is a cool picture. You should share it. So you can do that as well. Contact at theculturalhall.com or uh, wherever you want to reach out. It was out a miracle that temple wasn't burned down. Yeah. I, I guess it's forced perspective. The fire is not anywhere near the temple. Right. It's just because it's nighttime and it's forever away. Uh, this one from Jeff Bird says, I'm trying to find the episode that had the historian couple that was answering all the questions about Joseph Smith. Uh, can you help me out? Jeff, it's episode number 176. It's Brian and Laura Hales, and they are the authors of the book Joseph Smith's Polygamy. So there's that. Uh, and then let's get to the one about you, Brother Kyle. This is from uh, Nancy. It says, I very much liked Kyle's words answering my questions and concerns, him and, and miracles. Well, you know, oh, yeah. We always talk about mm -hmm. miracles. Continuing about miracles in a talk by Tad R. Callister, he said, As I recall something about our being taught in the scriptures, that it is because of diminished faith that miracles have diminished, and that it was Constantine who said that miracles are ceased. Then Tad R. Callister went on to say in that talk that miracles are the fruit of the Lord's true church. Giving scripture, quote, he says, For behold, I am God, and I am a God of miracles, and I will show unto the world that I am the same yesterday, today, and forever, Brother and I work not among the children of men, save it be according to their faith. That's in Second Nephi 27-23. Speaking of missionaries, as I also brought up in my last email to your show, my own triplet sister is with her husband on a mission in Accra, Ghana, Africa. And speaking of miracles and the Lord protecting our missionaries, she told me of a missionary there who got hit by a car and his bike was completely destroyed. You can appreciate that. Mm -hmm. uh, but the missionary only sustained a few injuries, apparently not even serious. Again, how grateful I am for the Lord's protection of our missionaries, writes Nancy. Indeed, how grateful I am for our missionaries. There have been those who speak to me of their liking Lindsay Sterling. It is with happiness that I tell them that she is Mormon and that she served a mission in New York. Oh, says Nancy. And one more thing. If I remember correctly, you said one or more of your shows some long time back that you like lists. Well, I heard recently on our BYU radio that Lavelle Edwards, Patty, liked lists. Their daughter being on one of the shows that I listened to. How about that? Patty Edwards likes List 2. We sure do miss them, don't we? Our beloved late Lavelle and Patty Edwards. Oh, are they, hope you guys have are they great, gone? Yeah. Oh. I didn't realize Patty was, but I knew Lavelle was. It says, hope you had a for love, uh, great 4th of July. One last thing. I really like listening to Brian and Brant. Those are the guys who do the Mormon News Report. Check it out. They do, uh, they're on break for the month of July, but they do a new episode every month uh, or every week rather Mondays is when that drops when they're doing it uh, they take breaks so they can be with their spouses and their kids uh, more How European news report. they take the month of July off yeah it's a holiday they're on holiday yeah, yeah. Uh, I was really glad to be able to access through the, them through the cultural hall show feed which you can find so if you subscribe to the cultural hall you automatically get the Mormon news report love Nancy um <sighs> Let's try this. This next one gets into me, and then we're going to have to get to some news stories, Brother Kyle. I've got a bunch. You've got a bunch. This is uh, from Jeff Kelly, and then we've also got an email from Kevin, and both of them talk a little bit about my girlfriend. 
I opened up about my girlfriend on last week's episode of The Cultural Hall with articles of news. Says, Richie, love the show and look forward to each episode. Thank for all the hard work that you all do. I found myself with a few thoughts after hearing you ask for opinions regarding marrying a non-member and the path to the celestial kingdom. Yeah, I got a little heavy last week. I've really enjoyed Ooh. hearing about you and your girlfriend as I believe we share a similar yet reversed path. He goes on to say, I met my wife almost four years ago. We were both in our late 30s. She was born into the church, very devout, and lived in Provo. Meanwhile, I was non-religious, recently divorced, living in Colorado, who had absolutely no knowledge of the LDS church, nor any interest in anything pertaining to religion. He says, I knew how important my wife's faith was, and that caused several things to happen. It made me respect her faith and what she believed in, even if I did not believe in it, as I saw it as an extension of her, thus deserving of respect, and it made me wonder why she believed in it. That question of why led me to start attending sacrament meetings with her, and we would often talk for hours afterward about the talks. I was extremely grateful for her pushing back against the bishops, missionaries, and other members who wanted to make me a project. After much pushback, I was accepted for who I was and began to be treated as a person, not a project. As we dated and our relationship grew, I had many questions about how our relationship would work. A major one being if she would ever marry me because it would certainly not be a temple wedding. Time and time again, she reassured me that she loved me for who I was and a temple marriage was not a deal breaker. I knew that was a huge sacrifice for her and I knew how hard she worked to help me be as comfortable as I sat by her every Sunday. She put, never pushed me to do anything and supported me always. These actions led to me to have more and more trust and faith in her, and I knew that I wanted to marry her. After 18 months of dating, we were married in a lovely ceremony, and roughly 18 months after the wedding, I surprised her, telling her that I had read the Book of Mormon without her knowledge and that I wanted to be baptized. That was only last December, so we're not sealed together yet, and there's currently no plan to do that, but I tell you this as a message of hope. My wife had faith that our Heavenly Father is a kind father who knows all of our situations are different. She knew that no matter what my membership status was, and then he underlines and bolds this, he says, we were put together for a reason and that things would be taken care of. She didn't know what kingdom we would end up in, or even if we would be together for eternity, but she had faith that it would work out. It was that demonstration of faith, her kindness towards me and others, and perhaps a bit of the Spirit's work, too, that led to my conversion. If you truly love your girlfriend and our Heavenly Father, then I would say have faith. It'll be okay. Best wishes, Jeff. Wow. Sorry. Hey, Jeff, I've got a guy, a friend of Richie's. Maybe you could see if you could be sealed to his daughter. <laughs> Text it to him. Yeah. Yeah. I love that story because I've had, in fact, recently I had a good friend of mine that that exact, almost exact same thing happened to. And? Um, they got married. Yeah. Um, and uh, he is partially active. Mm -hmm. I just talked to him a couple weeks ago about this and about how uh, in his in his elder quorum, evidently the police showed up and they gave the elders quorum lesson and it was on spousal abuse. Oh my gosh! Evidently there's an issue in oh my Alpine, gosh. Utah. Anyway, oh my uh, gosh! But but they are the same way. She's quite religious and he uh, comes from a very different background, not even from the state, and has only been here four years. And so this is a huge shock to him. And he always jokes, you know, came to Utah and you know converted and married a Mormon girl. Mm -hmm. um, never planned to get married or sure. much less become Mormon, but. Uh, kind of the same thing where it's, he, you know, he's still growing in that thing. This is all kind of a culture shock to him still. Mm -hmm. 
but they got a great marriage, great relationship. So I've. How was the elders quorum being taught by the police? Yeah, the uh, police officer came in and talked and about the laws what... of yeah. Wow. Spouse abuse. You know what though? Uh, as maybe as uncomfortable as that would be, or like sort of breaking the mold of a typical thing. How great. He said it was. He says I'm been going that long, but it's the best elders quorum I've had. Yeah, like the lessons that sort of break form for me and are like guys. And this can be Sunday school, too. It's not just elders quorum. But, like, guys, let's talk for real about this. I uh, Anyway. Yeah. I thought that was interesting. Uh, and then this from Kevin. Everybody loves an email from Kevin. Hey, Kevin. <sighs> Hi, Richie. You and the others might be wondering what my type is. You know, I was thinking this morning, Brother Kyle, what, <laughs> what is type? What is Kevin's type? <laughs> Uh, I do not want to make this ma- this a matchmaker show, but oh, I have emailed you folks several times, and you've read most of my emails on the show. Since I told you I really like the name Brandy, I thought you and others might be wondering what my type is. If I do get married to someone, I would like her to be a country girl, says Kevin. This is because I found country girls are very down to earth and are not obsessed with things such as fashion and don't always have to wear what's in style. I do not want a girl like that, says Kevin. I also want a girl who is intellectual fairly conservative in her politics, the way she dresses and interactions. I'm not saying she has to be a John Bircher, nor am I saying the girlfriend that I might have or my future wife has to wear skirts all the time, just being a conservative dresser. This is because I've had people tell me that I'm a conservative dresser. Although I do have a beard and a shaved head. Oh, you don't have a beard. I was thinking maybe this was you for a minute. (laughs) But then I think you get the point. She does have to be fairly conservative politically. This is because I have firm political views that are conservative, says Kevin. I've also been involved in some political issues before leaving Salt Lake, such as fighting for low taxes and against a measurement on the ballot that would raise sales tax for our schools. I also would like her to know a lot about music. This is because I listen to a lot of music. I feel like he doesn't need to make that leap. Like, we get it, you know? Like, mm-hmm. I'd like her to be interested in music. Probably he likes music. It's because I like music. Country oh, okay, music. Cool. Uh, you might be surprised to find that I like a lot of the alternative rock from the 90s, such as Alice in Chains, Nirvana, and others. I am interested to know that, actually, as a matter of fact. I also like a lot of music from the 80s. So you get along with Brother Kyle pretty well. So it'd be nice if she had a lot of the same musical taste. Then well, not if she's on. a country girl. Yeah, I know. That might be tough. What is this, Superwoman? <laughs> I heard you talk about your girlfriend. I am not going to tell you rather you should or shouldn't marry a non-member. That's between you and the Lord, says Kevin. Thank you, Kevin. I appreciate that. But some things to consider. You are right that if you tell her she has to convert if she's going to marry you, that she would do it and then possibly lose interest in the church. That has happened over and over again. But I've also seen it the other way, where someone did convert to marry a person, and he or she did become interested in the church and was proud to be a member. Also, Brigham Young did say, I would rather see someone go there, go to their grave, than marry a non-member, says Brigham Young. Didn't know that one. Something like that. That does sound harsh. But considering when you get married in the temple and get sealed, and there are people who will flirt to convert, I get where he was coming from. You have a hard choice to make, my friend. But if you do marry her, it might be a good relationship. I unofficially dated a non-member once, which I'd love to know what that means. I unofficially dated a non-member. Like, I didn't have to put it down on the records anyway. Uh, He says, I'm not going to get into the dynamics of that relationship, but her and I are still good friends to this day, and even though we agreed not to be in a boyfriend-girlfriend relationship, unofficially dating her was a good thing. What is that? Mm. Unofficial? Okay. I want to try that. It did give me an opportunity to do missionary work. She's not a member to this day, but good things happened out of the relationship, and we are still friends. I will write or talk to you later. Kevin. 
Now he really narrowed down what he needs in a girlfriend, yeah, and I, I think the name Brand. Then saying she has to be named Brandy. Yeah, he's got a tough. If your name is Brandy, ahead of <laughs> you don't mind wearing skirts a lot, and you're a little, uh, you know, you're a little bit country and a little bit rock and roll. Yeah, you like the '80s and the '90s. So you can email us contact at theculturalhall.com. <laughs> Uh, let's get into some news, please. This, you got to lead with this. Phoenix, Arizona, police are investigating a dead body that was found on the on the lawn of a church, oh. an LDS church. The body was uh, identified as Robert George Garcia. He's 33. Uh, they expect foul play in Garcia's death. He was found at 6.25 a.m. Tuesday on the lawn at a Mormon church. Yeah. I love when they say expect foul play, and it's like he's on the lawn of a church. With a knife in his back. Yeah, right, right, like bullet <laughs> holes or something. It's like, I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure this wasn't an accident. And I imagine just now five uh, 11-year-olds on bikes in their scout shirt showing up to put up flags and going... <laughs> Yeah. Oh my gosh! Riding circles around it for a minute till the leader shows up. Yeah. Ten minutes late. And poking it. Yeah. <laughs> Look right. what we found! You kids get out of here. I don't think you should talk about it. Uh, here's another just quick story, and then I'll let you uh, pick whichever story you'd like to lead with. Uh, there's a basketballer from Manawatu. Uh, it's the under-17 basketball team for Manawatu. Manawatu or Manaway? Nope, Manawatu. Okay. Uh, he, he's, not, uh, he's not on his basketball team anymore. This is a national basketball ship uh, championship. I believe that this is in New Zealand. Um, he's not training with his teammates this week. He's training on his own because he's been cut uh, from the team. Why, do you ask? Because he's Mormon. There were two practices that were going to be held on a Sunday, and he said, you know what, the prospect of a full two months without church was a step too far. His conflict between church and coaching can be resolved, so he uh, he hopes, anyway, that it can be resolved so he can con continue to develop his basketball dreams. Basically, he's able to be at every other practice, wants to be a part of the team. Team says, we practice on Sunday. You need to be there. He says, church is important. They said, well, then be there at the practice. Well, here's the deal. His name? Mosiah. Oh. <laughs> That's how Mormon this guy is. His dad, uh, his dad Jared McDonald, stepped in, took over, sent a message to the coach and said, listen, uh, Sunday afternoons would be fine, right? Like he's not being unreasonable. Oh. Can we do this on Sunday afternoons? I just want to, I want my kid to be able to go to church. Sure. Or can we alternate yeah. it, right? That was the compromise that he tried to make. Uh, he said that that was the deal breaker. He said that he could not have someone on the team who could only commit to half the training, right? So they would do one week in the morning and he'd miss and the next week they'd do it in the afternoon. Said nope. We got to have someone who's at the the uh, practices all the time, and and uh, so their solution was that they dropped him from it. They've sat down, they've had a conversation, uh, and they're still trying to figure something out. Uh, apparently, Mosiah is an amazing kid. We want him to play. You know what I contend? Can't be that good, or they would oh, make some. Oh, oh, really? Yeah. I mean, I mean, genuinely. He might be, yeah, if he was a, like, the, if he were the star he was, on the team, right? They wouldn't would be figure, an issue. They would figure out a way for him. He's probably good. His teammates probably like him. They enjoy Enjoy him being there. And they've got a point, right? Be a part of a team or don't be a part of a team. And that's fine. But be all right with then not being part of the team. Mm -hmm. um, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, just he's not that good, I'm betting. Isn't that terrible? Yes, that is awful. <laughs> but, but I mean, 
but it's, people make exception, exceptions for stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Well, we can't play without Michael Jordan. All right, how can we play with Michael Jordan? Well, he needs to have it's like with Steve Young four on Sunday instead of no, nine to noon. All right, right, done. Huh? That's it. Well, uh, what would you do if you walked past a solitary blind woman asking for help? What would I, I do? Yeah, I'd just walk really quietly so I could hurry past. <laughs> awful. You are so awful. Just think no, about, you wouldn't. You, you are such a softie. You would be all over Especially for somebody with vision issues. I would probably stop. Uh, that's a question a group of missionaries serving in the Taiwan Taipei mission recently answered. And hundreds of thousands of YouTube viewers are witnessing their kind response. The young elders and sisters were unknowingly filmed during an apparent YouTube social experiment conducted by a trio of Taiwanese young adults. So I'll make this long story shorter. Please. If you haven't seen it yet, um, hopefully we can put a link up to it. it uh, we posted it, I think, uh, the later part of last week. Okay. If you follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thecultural. Most of those stories you can find there. You can also find a link to it at theculturalhall.com with this episode. So there's, there's a group of three people that do this for YouTube exposure in Taiwan. They, go, they do social experiments. And in this one, they posed as a blind person asking for help to see what people might do for it, mm-hmm. you know, down on their subway and out on the street. And in this one, the, the missionary were extremely kind and helped bring them to where they wanted and and uh, just one of the better responses that they got to it and it's and it's been a huge hit it's very sweet it, it is a very sweet sweet video and and it's good because you remember a couple of months ago we had that video about those the two missionaries on the doorstep making inappropriate right. comments <laughs> you know what I'm saying yes and, and we always kind of give them a pass it's like well they're 18 or 19 year old guys but it's nice to have the example in video form of missionaries like doing the right thing yeah uh, this was interesting. Have you heard, uh, well, two different things. Um, the name Gerilyn Hasselpool. I don't think I have. She, she is big in the uh, the Mormon community, the Mormon online community. They moved from um, Portland, I want to say, to Provo uh, with the idea of being able to help out the uh, LGBTQ folks in Provo, right? They wanted to be an ally, and and part of the reason why they moved was so that they could do it. Um, The name of... Okay, so this is a nonprofit that they have uh, sort of established. Let me go back a little bit. The doorbell rings at the Poole household, that being Gerilyn Hassel-Poole, jokes that it must be a straight person because the queer people usually walk right in, and many do, with approximately 20 people trickling in the Provo home. Jeff Poole, who is Gerilyn's husband, prepares dinner, a classic summer combination of hot dogs, macaroni, salad, and watermelon. Um, the name of the nonprofit that they run out of their home is called Queer Meals. And what it is, it's uh, keeping people uh, in a social network with other uh, LGBTQ folks, right? So it's not just feeding them, right? It's not like homeless people that are LGBTQ and need a meal. Uh, Hassel sa- or Hassel Poole says, we just want to keep people alive. That's what it really comes down to, allowing them to be a part of a community. Um, of the five to ten people in and out of the house daily, many are struggling with acute suicidal ideation, which essentially mm-hmm. means you're dreaming about killing yourself. Yeah. That's really rough down and crude, but uh, at Queer Meals, they know that they can always find a listening ear, Wi-Fi, and a meal. Um, so uh, they help them out all over the place, sometimes with groceries, sometimes with uh, just being able to be friends. It's an amazing thing. I want to talk to uh, Gerilyn. I've never had her here. I think that she's been on Mormon News Report before, but I would 
would love to talk to her about exactly the aim and the scope of what uh, Queer Meals is all about, because what a great organization for that. And I think that everyone can get behind it, uh, even the haters that sometimes visit our Facebook and are like, ah, but they're gay. It's like, yeah, okay, so you want them dead? Is that That's the preferred... Right? I don't think no, that's what no, Jesus no, I said. Yeah. I don't think Jesus that's how said, it went. Jesus said, go ahead, kill yourself. It said, Jesus, never. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Maybe I'll make that meme. Go ahead. What do you got? Um, I'm going to roll through three right here related stories do it. to that, actually. Uh, the LDS Foundation. Uh, let's see. Mormon Church makes historic donation to LGBTQ support group affirmation for suicide prevention training. The LDS Foundation, the charitable division of the Mormon Church, has donated $25,000 to an LGBTQ support group group to pay for suicide prevention training. The gift is being called historic by affirmation members who say it marks the first time the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints has worked with the independent support group for gay Mormons. And it's a, and it's important to point out that affirmation is not a church uh, sponsor. It's not like an arm of the church. It's right. a group that most of the members are somehow affiliated with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, but it is a separate uh, entity, and now they've received that funding from from the LDS Church, from mainstream LDS Church, not right. LDS people, but from the church itself. And uh, fi- finishing that story, says last week the LDS Church released a new series of videos calling for compassion and love for those experiencing suicidal thoughts and feeling marginalized. Mormon Apostle David G. Rendland also denounced as totally false the old sectarian notion that suicide is a sin and that someone who commits suicide is banned to hell forever. Right. And how many times have you said that? Oh, it's too bad. Mm-hmm. He killed himself. Well, yeah. you know, he's not going to the celestial kingdom. I remember that growing up. Awful. Vividly. And especially the people that feel compelled, just like that guy, you know, cue that guy to text someone, you know, the guy in the opening story and opening uh, exercises. Right. Hey, sorry, your brother killed himself. <clears throat> I guess he's going to outer darkness now because he took, you know. Yeah. Can I be sealed to his daughter? Yeah. <laughs> uh, BYU's unofficial LGBTQ club still hoping for recognition organized in 2000. 2010, the Understanding Same Gender Attraction Group has met every week for the past three years since it applied to be a student club at BYU, but it is still not officially recognized by the LDS-owned university. Back for several meetings with near approvals by campus administrators, the club's leaders believe this may be the year. The group's 100 members meet nearly every week as support for gay, lesbian, and transgendered students at BYU. What's it called again? Uh, understanding Same Gender Attraction. Okay. Uh, and in the same area, Provo makes history with LGBTQ parade entries after intense negotiations America's Freedom Festival finally allowed four LGBTQ groups to participate in its annual July 4th parade in downtown Provo. Yep, they, they got their hand forced because it's public money right. and that they were being biased and then they were like, no. And then people were like, hmm. I'm pretty sure you meant yes. And they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. No, we meant yes. Sorry about that. This is a public uh, supporters of Encircle, which operates a support center for the LGBTQ teens, marched and sang the well-known LDS primary song, I'll Walk With You. PFLAG and Provo Pride carried a handmade quilt and Mormons Building Bridges built a float honoring LGBTQ veterans. Which they should be part of it. They're part of the Provo community, which is what the parade is about. Going back to the understanding same gender attraction thing at BYU. What's taking so long? Yeah, it's been since 2010. The the group meets still. They applied for, like, official sanction uh, in, what, they said three years ago or four years ago, so 2014. They've been around now eight years. Like, like what? Are, are we afraid that if we say that can be a group that it's like, oh, that's the permission? And I guess I get that. I guess where they say, well, they've got a club, so that must be okay by them. It's not promoting same gender attraction. It's like, hey, this is a group of people who are trying to 
understand this. Or dealing with stuff and needs somebody to talk to. And right. And and the thing, the f- most fascinating thing about um, about uh, like same sex attraction and everything like that is, and you probably have seen this in the scope of your life too. I mean, you hear that crude. It's Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, right? Growing mm-hmm. up, right? Yeah. Did you hear that? Yep. Yeah. Uh, and then you'd also hear about like therapies that would help you know g- get the gay out of you, even right. as extreme as like electroshock. And you know, we, I don't even want to go down that, but there was some extreme stuff. But then also, uh, like you used to hear discussed within church that God didn't make people gay, right? I don't think that that was ever a conference talk, but I think that there, that people would say, yeah, God doesn't make people gay, but God yeah. didn't make you gay, and it sort of stems back from that Adam and Eve, not Adam and Steve, right? I just had that exact conversation with somebody two days ago. Really? About God making people gay. Yeah, and what were the other other person? And it it was coming around really to miracles again, actually. But I don't believe that, that... I don't believe, obviously, that God makes people gay because I don't think he makes people come up with physical handicaps or mental. It's it's the way that we're born because we are a human body that you don't know exactly what's going to happen in the in the process of your cells being formed and mm-hmm. created. Once that starts happening, he doesn't take a hand in it. Right. Otherwise, we wouldn't have people with, you know, that are born blind or without legs or something. Right. We would all be perfect. Which but, is not to equate being blind no, or not having no, legs exactly. to being but homosexual. It's just that it's we, just... we are all born different, mm-hmm. you know? Um, some of us are born pale and short and have <laughs> big divots in the back yeah. of their head from cancer being removed with how many stitches so there's 18 oh my gosh so we so so that's came back to my thing where i don't think god touches things on earth that he he puts us here and let things happen and hopes for the best right and will help us out spiritually and with hope but he he gives us all different things to deal with in life but you used to hear a lot discussed yeah. in the hallways at church yep. that god God doesn't make gay people, and that's gone. Yeah, you do not hear that that defense anymore, or that explanation, or even that hinting around. Maybe from old people, people but yeah. no. <laughs> well, but not even like you know, not even like uh, that guy's over there. Like not even that. It's just gone away, and so it's interesting to me uh, at at that point what that means because, yeah. uh, and this is obviously a conversation for another time. So maybe I'll table it uh, just here and go. So if God creates. I like the way you say it. Just creates and then it's everything else. Uh, and you are then created and you are gay. It is an interesting then what in order to get to heaven with current with the way things currently are mm-hmm. in some respect, right? And I think that's where people struggle so much. Yeah. And it's a fascinating thing that I'll be honest with you. And maybe a lot of people <coughs> have the answer and they're shouting it right now. Or maybe people are right with me. I don't know how to explain it. I don't know how you see some of the things that the church does with the knowledge that that uh, you know that that you are created and it and it is that uh, you know God doesn't make you gay or straight you are created and it's not a nurture thing like I don't think the household you are born in makes you gay right Mm-mm, otherwise no. I'd be way gay my house was so gay no. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying yeah like that, that's not what it is it's it's the the cells and the combining and and it and it's created and we can say that you know we can give God the 
the author, the uh, author uh, authorship of creation. But yeah, I think it, it occurs. And if that occurs and it's left to that, I, I, I struggle where it's the condemnation for something I had no control over. Mm-hmm. And, and you, uh, you wouldn't find that with anything more. And, and to put it, well, no, that's not a great defense, but you know, God doesn't do that with anything. So it's fascinating to me with some of the things that are in place, how those things can exist in the same place where if God allows gay creation, how can he uh, allow some of the gay restriction? And that's to me where there's hope that things will change. Yeah. Was there, do you think that the percentage, maybe we're going off on too much of a tangent here, of homosexuals uh, per capita of the human race has changed no. in the last thousand years? Uh, I don't, I mean, obviously I don't know. And I've studied 0% of the statistics of it. Um, I think that, uh, I think that we know more. The awareness of it the, out there uh, is. Yes. And, and, the, and the comfortability of being able to, to be like, so I feel this way mm-hmm. about these people, right? A guy saying, you know, I feel this way about a guy. 200 years ago or heck, even 50 years ago, it would have been differently received than how it is today. And that's what I think it is. I think social media contributes to, to it as well. People are like, oh, man, the world is so divided right now. Oh, people are so terrible. You know what I bet? Facebook during the Civil War, people would have been just as divided and just <laughs> as terrible to each other, right? Yeah. Because it's people who hated so much the people in their own country who they came from England to form, hated them so much they shot them. And in some cases, families divided. So guess what? Yeah, it's terrible now, but I don't think that it's any different than it was during the Civil War. They killed their family. You like slavery? I'm going to kill you. Just now that we have Facebook yeah, we, so we can see it all. Yeah. And then right. see what we had for dinner after we killed our brother. <laughs> I ate venison. Tangent. Sorry, everybody. Uh, a couple other quick news stories before we get out of here. This is cool. The Gateway Arch in St. Louis, Missouri, has undergone a state-of-the-art update, and there's a new exhibit that features Mormon history. Really? Yeah. It's pretty cool. So, th- like, you know, the arch. Like, think of St. Yeah. Louis. Think of the arch. Not like the Mormon arch. So that's like all there is there. <laughs> There's some good music and some great food. Oh, my gosh. Um, the new exib- uh, exhibitions chronicle 200 years of history with valued artifacts uh, and audiovisual materials, and it's focused specifically on the city's role in the nation's westward growth. Um, some LDS historians, uh, one by the name of Thomas Farmer helped to tell the church's largely unknown St. Louis story. Um, Bob told me, says this writer, Bob Moore, uh, who is a historian with the National Park Service, that the Mormon story is something that we have to tell at the New Arch Museum. Um, he's the one who's made this possible. I couldn't have asked for better people. Uh, most of what I'd known about the Mormon faith in Missouri was very negative because you think of what? Governor yeah. Boggs and the extermination order. Yeah. And then I started to learn, well, no, that wasn't the case here in the eastern part of the state. It's a vibrant part of the community, and there's no negative publicity about them. So you can go, and if you happen to hmm. be in St. Louis, you can see the cool, awesome things that are Mormon in that exhibit. Uh, this 
Elder Uchtdorf and Senator Orrin Hatch, both Mormon, uh, obviously with Elder Uchtdorf, but if you didn't know that Senator Hatch was, they both went to a concentration camp in Germany. Uh, they both laid a wreath to honor the victims of the, holo- of the Holocaust. And uh, Elder Uchtdorf writes uh, a, a bigger post on his Facebook page, but uh, this quote, it is heart-wrenching to walk the paths that they walked and imagine what they endured. So um, both Hatch and Uchtdorf also met with German Chancellor Angela Merkel. Hatch discussed trade and bilateral relations with Merkel and delivered an address at a foundation. Um, and then they took a tour of the uh, temple that's being constructed in Lisbon, Portugal. So that's kind of cool. Uh, you mentioned this, but didn't get to it. The uh, Joseph F. Smith Bible that he was reading when he received the revelation that is now Doctrine and Covenants well, 138, the redemption, uh, the vision of the redemption of the dead. You know, mm-hmm. that essentially our forefathers go, you need to do our work. Okay, I'll do it. Uh, that Bible was owned um, by the Robert Jackson family. It's been held in that family for four generations, and they donated it to the church. Hmm. Said, you know what? This is great and all. We're going to let you guys take care of it because we feel like it can be it can be for a greater good um, by allowing other people to, to see it and be inspired by it. Um, so it's pretty cool. Kind of a fun thing that you can see. Uh, this briefly, uh, Darius Gray, this is going a couple of weeks back now, um, has released a database for tracking the history of African American members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Um, also, Paul Reeve spent the last five years, he created the database. Um, there's an outside public perception that Mormonism has always been white and that the black LDS pioneers have largely been erased from collective Mormon history. This is a social history project that simply attempts to recover what has been lost. So now you can kind of follow that history within the church. I think that's awesome. Um, Let's see what else. How else do I want to end this? There's an article you can find at theculturalhall.com in association with this episode that is titled, Why Do Mormons Treat Their Converts So Much Better Than Jews Do? Hmm. And uh, it's just an anecdotal story about someone who converted to Judaism and someone who converted to Mormonism and uh, and how we Mormons love our Mormon community. So there's that. Um, there is new manuals for primary for Sunday school for next year. Let me pull up this real quick. Uh, it'll start, obviously, in January. Um, the updated teaching materials are designed to help Sunday school and primary classes create a home-centered, church-supported approach to live, living the gospel learning and to teaching both manuals the come follow me for primary and the come follow me for sunday school are the first of what will eventually become a four-year rotation on four main books of scripture uh named come follow me for individuals and families a new resource will also follow the writings of the new testament uh, and that will be the primary and sunday school for 2019 so that's kind of exciting um there's another great article and i'll just sort of gloss over this real quick I'm going to save Mormon burnout for next week because we're out of time. Patty Edwards, it's a list. You're, yeah. You've deceased, but you'll, you'd love it if you were alive still. <laughs> There's a great article, this from the Salt Lake Tribune, which, by the way, people on our Facebook page were like, yeah, because the Tribune hates Mormons. The, the Salt Lake Tribune is owned by a very devout Mormon family, the 
Huntsman's. Heard of them? Yeah. So there it is. They're owned by Mormons. They don't hate the Mormons. They sometimes will offer things that go, hey, you so Mormons, maybe this a little bit, huh? But we do too. We, yeah. we put out bad Mormon news. Yeah. So there you go. Uh, but they write an article. It's a, a uh, commentary. Mormons or Trumpites? We can't be both. And the idea being that some of us have aligned ourselves so much with Trump that we've forgotten the teachings of the gospel, how to treat other people, the sort of morals that that is. And at that point, if you're following the president, that being where the Trump comes from, uh, and are an, an, an advocate, a supporter of him, uh, you can't really consider yourself to be a Mormon. You've been led then by a leader and maybe get yourself in check. It's an interesting and fascinating article. Hmm. Uh, hopefully you haven't gone to the Salt Lake Tribune too much this month. Otherwise, you'll be blocked by their paywall. But uh, Mormons are Trumpites. Check that out. And then this, because we always seem to be talking about miracles whenever you're around. An LDS woman is attacked by a man wielding a box cutter, and the family describes it as a walking miracle. So here's what happened. Family of an LDS pharmacy student who was violently slashed in the face and the throat in an unprovoked attack by a man wielding a box cutter has expressed gratitude for all those who helped save her life. Near 7 p.m. on July the 3rd, Whitney Sullivan 21 years old, was walking into the Walgreens in Erie, Pennsylvania. She was going to work near the front doors. A man approached her unexpectedly, attacking her with a box cutter. Sullivan sustained cuts on her face, throat, and arms with the laceration near her jaw slashing all the way down to the bone. So imagine that, getting cut all the way down to the bone on your face with a box cutter. Yeah. Uh, This is uh, Whitney uh, Whitney Sullivan's words. She says she looked up and, and smiled at the guy. Didn't, he didn't say anything to her, and then she looked back down to see where she was going, and he just lunged at her. A bystander quish, quickly rushed to help Sullivan, scaring off her attacker. He's probably the reason that she's alive, Wiggins said. Wiggins is, um, I'm not sure who Wiggins in this whole thing is. Um, uh, Sullivan's family also posted updates on social media about a mystery woman who held Sullivan's head while they waited for first responders to arrive. Not one of the first, one of the three Nephites. <laughs> it couldn't have been because it's a woman. No, the, woman, the three Nephites were men. Uh, helping her calm down and breathe, even while she tried to stem the blood. The woman, Melody, and her daughter later visited the, Sullivan in the hospital. Okay, so we know who the woman was. No main arteries were cut, but Sullivan's sister, Ashley Wiggins, says Whitney is a walking miracle. Kyle, brother mm. Kyle. The surgeon says that the cut across her neck was only, are you ready for this? Mm-hmm. Two millimeters away from killing her. You know how little two millimeters is? Well, it's not a miracle. It, if it would have hit it, then it would be a miracle. No, the sur- that's how close, it's a miracle it didn't get there. Two millimeters. Don't knock her miracle. The 30-year-old accused of attacking Sullivan has a history of mental illness, including a diagnosis of schizoaffective disorder and has experienced hallucinations, paranoid thinking, and a host of temporary symptoms of psychosis. Wiggins wrote on Facebook that one of Sullivan's co-workers reported the man walking into the store after the attack, staring out the window at the people helping her and said over and over, I can't believe I just did that. Oh, yikes. crazy? Yeah. On Sunday July 8th, Sullivan's father, Shane Sullivan, told Erie News Now, from the surgeons to the nurses and everyone, we just can't thank everybody enough. The Sullivan family on social media continues to thank those who've been praying for their sister and their daughter, knowing that those prayers have helped her in a speedy recovery. And I saw a picture of her, and you can find that picture at theculturalhall.com. She looks good. I mean, she has a big, uh, like, healing scar of a slash mark from a box cutter on her face, but she looks good. Scars are cool. Yeah. I had a buddy uh, on my mission. Bowser actually healed 
he was from a, a place in Pennsylvania, as a matter of fact. But he was serving down in, um, oh, I don't even know where it was. Brazil, somewhere foreign. Took a machete to the face. Oh, my gosh. Took one, the guy got one slice in and then he put his arm up, his like his uh, wrist, and took another like hard hack from the machete into his arm. Oh my gosh. Had to come home, serve the rest of his mission in his home mission because he was from Pennsylvania. Uh, and so he served the rest of his mission in Cleveland. But it was gnarly. Big old face from a machete. Wow. We hope that this episode has nourished and strengthened your body. <laughs> we hope if you're sick or afflicted, you can be well and listen next week. And that when the time comes, you'll be able to travel home and safety. In the meantime, we'll be saving a seat for you on the back row of the Cultural Hall. Save me a seat, it's sure to be neat on the back 